0: Hey, good people, it's Miss Ruby back again with another podcast, um, Down to Real Conversations. Today, I feel particularly compelled to talk about enablers and being an enabler, what that means, and 11 ways that you can recognize that you are one obviously i wouldn't be addressing the people who are being enabled or maybe i am addressing them directly i don't know but this podcast is basically for those who um and i think like majority of grown-ups <laughs> in the world um are enabling one person or another because in the social setup that we have today it doesn't matter what background you come from you either have a family member or a friend that you know has spiraled down to some sort of self-destructive behavior or is always finding themselves in a position where they constantly need the support of others Um, and it's not because of something unfortunate that happened to them unintentionally but because of their own pattern of bad behavior So before I get into the 11 ways that you can recognize that you're an enabler, I just wanted to explain what an enabler is, according to the dictionary. (laughs) Um, An enabler describes someone whose behavior allows a loved one to continue self-destructive patterns of behavior. And it's not intentional more often than not when you enable someone it's because you have really good intentions to try and help them and you're filled with worry but unintentionally you're supporting their bad behavior instead of supporting them so just to continue the description enabling usually refers to a pattern uh, or patterns that appear in the context of drug or alcohol misuse and addiction but I think today it's extended over to other things just you know you can enable a member of the family or a friend um, in behavior that doesn't grow them as an individual because they're so used to the support you give them they don't strive to do the best that they can and they sort of end up being a dependent on other people um but yeah you guys get the gist you get the drift you know if you're an enabler you know who you're enabling and this applies to you so let's get down to it um i just wanted to compare first of all um that you can empower someone and that's a good thing but you might think that you're empowering someone yet you're enabling them so and then you know it's not easy to distinguish this because when it comes to people we love um there's a really thin line between empowering and enabling because always for both always our intentions are pure our intentions are driven to helping them but yeah it's just you know the little differences um that can you know that can either make you an enabler or uh an empowerer (laughs) or an empowerment i don't know empowerer of course there's no such word but hey this is not a grammar podcast um so yeah there are very few differences most people who enable loved ones they don't intend to cause harm but in fact enabling generally begins with a desire to help enabling behaviors can often seem like uh, helping behaviors you may try to help with the best of intentions and enable someone without realizing it Um, however empowering doesn't mean that you solve or cover up other people's problems so if you find yourself constantly solving Um, yourself constantly solving or covering up other people's problems. More often than not, you're enabling. You've heard the saying, teach a man to catch a fish rather than giving him fish, right? So if you find yourself always handing over the fish, then dude, you are an enabler. Okay. Um, so if you want to empower, this is what you must do give them the tools they need so you don't give them the whole thing i'll give you an example since we're talking about tools say somebody let's let's stick to that let's stick to the context of fishing right so this guy can't earn money for his family because he's you know he he can't fish he doesn't know how to fish you've got two options you're a fisherman very well Qualified one, and you've been doing this for years, you've been feeding your family, and you're well to do with your business. You can, there are two ways you can choose to help this person either every time you go fishing, you keep some fish for yourself and then give this person that is enabling, or you teach them how to fish. So, you give them the tools, you say, Hey, you need a boat. So I'm not going to give you a boat. But I'm going to show you how I built mine. And maybe I can give you a few things. So you need some nails. You need some wood. You need. Okay I don't know how to build a boat. But (laughs) you get the drift right. You can say hey I've got some nails. And I've got the tools. But you've got to go and cut down the tree. Okay now now I'm just contradicting my own life. Because I don't believe in cutting down trees. But if it's one tree just to make one boat that's fine just make sure you plant another one after okay anywho so yeah you got to go cut down the tree and fix the boat yourself you see how you've empowered the person they're doing they're putting work into helping themselves rather than okay you meet me here at eight o'clock and i'll give you fish and they're always used to doing that because they're like hey so and so is always there to give me fish i don't need to build a boat I don't need to wake up early. I don't need to go into the water. She'll do it for me. So you see the difference? Helping them access the resources. Okay. So you know the fish are in the water, right? So you've got to get into the boat for you to get into the water, for you to get into the water, for you to get the fish, get the get the drift. Okay, great. And then teach them the skills. So one day you get into the boat, maybe your boats, since they haven't built theirs yet. And you say, hey, meet me here at 6 a.m. 5am whenever it is that you go out to catch the fish and i'll teach you the skills of fishing you can do this for about a week and then bro sis you got to do the rest for yourself Sindio. okay for those of you who don't know what Sindio means uh, it's like yeah right right anywho <laughs> in other words you give them the power to make their own choices and solve their own problems because guess what they'll be able to solve their problems in the future when you give them fish you sort them out for now you teach them how to fish you set them for life because then now they can think on their own and they can use that skill to make however much they want um signs and characteristics of an enabler so here we go sign number one are you ignoring or tolerating a problematic behavior what does that mean say someone's a drug addict say someone likes to sleep all day and doesn't like to go to work say someone is an alcoholic are you not addressing the issue and telling them hey dude you have a problem you need to do something about it instead you're just feeling mercy and sort of, you know, I've taken them under my wing and I'm just trying my best to do the best that they can. So you avoid talking about the issue because you are afraid of acknowledging the problem yourself, first of all. Also, maybe you're afraid of how you will make them feel. So you don't want to make, to make them feel bad. of course, we, when we're dealing with our loved ones, we don't want them to feel, you know, we care about their feelings. So here, your feelings and the care that you have for those feelings have extended to the point where you don't want to talk about a problem. You totally uh, disregard it, not in a bad way, but just because you don't want to bring it up to acknowledge it yourself. So maybe you're having a difficult time to believe that your loved one is drug addict, your loved one is lazy, your loved one is an alcoholic. So because you don't want that, you don't talk about the problem. So you just tolerate it oh maybe one day they'll stop i'll just keep them in my prayers no bruh you have got to talk about it you've got to address it and you have to just get real you've got a problem and you've got to stop the problem if this problem doesn't stop you're going down of course you're not going to say it like that but that's the gist right um so let me give you an example of this behavior. Let's say that um, you've got a loved one who struggles with alcoholism and they say, normally people who are alcoholic will say that they do not have a drinking problem. And they tell you that they've not been drinking, right? So they try to to hide it, you know, after some time. they, They know it themselves, like they know, come on nobody doesn't know that they like alcohol so that maybe they try to hide it from you and say hey i haven't been drinking for some time blah 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 and then you go in and you find evidence like maybe a bottle somewhere that they've hidden um or a receipt that they've gone out and bought alcohol and then instead of asking them when you find this receipt you decide just ignore it and say look I'm not gonna just let me see what I can do you don't tackle the problem then then you don't go like yo I know you've been drinking hey I don't have a drinking problem yes you do you know like that 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 you just tell them you've got to face them and you've got to tell them because you're helping them otherwise you're enabling them which is not good for them right number two (laughs) this one is the one where we are all guilty We are all guilty providing financial assistance. Every time someone calls you up, Oh, I don't have this, that, and the other. You're like, okay, all right. And you just unquestionable. You just send whatever it is that they need to, or you sort them out or you give them the money. Every time the alarm goes up, you're there ready to support them. But here's the thing. If you recklessly give money and impulsively, this is the that's that's how you know, like you just you just give even without questioning, right? Um, you're enabling their behavior. Because if they are an alcoholic, they'll tell you, you send me some money and if you don't ask what it's for and you just send it, what's they're gonna go drink? And even if they tell you, Oh no, I haven't had food for this long and you just give them the money, again they're gonna go drink. I mean, these people have brains, right? So they're gonna use every single excuse to try and get money from you. Um, and you'll either give them the money or you'll choose another route, which would empower them. So basically anything to do with empowering is okay. So you don't have money for this week. Um, we need to do something about it. So here's what we're going to do. Come work for me. Take me on these rounds. Let me teach you how I do what I do. Get a job, help them get a job. That's empowering. That's not enabling right so you don't give them money if you keep providing financial assistant assistance without really giving them solutions on how to get the money themselves then you're an enabler i think i've rambled on a bit for this one um so just to give you an example you've had people say hey i don't have rent or i don't have power or whatever but every single end of the month they reach out to you with the same exact problem You have two choices. Either you can give them the money. Enable them. Or you teach them how to get it. Or if they do have their own money. They're earning a certain amount. You teach them how to manage it. You have to sit down and say. Look this is how much you earn. Don't live beyond your means. I can't keep doing this for you. Because I've got my things too." So if they become dependent on you. You're enabling. That's the only way to identify the second point. Third you make excuses for them you keep making excuses for them or cover up for them so you and and i mean it's such a normal thing to do with loved ones because um you're worried about the consequences of their actions so say they've been drinking and they find themselves in trouble with the law And you go and bail them out. Every time it happens, you're bailing them out. You're bailing them out. So they know. So and so, I'll call them and they'll bail me out. They don't know the consequences of their actions. So if you keep shielding them from those consequences, they're never going to learn and you're enabling them. So, um, example, um, someone perhaps yeah i think i've given an example so someone calls you hey i've been drinking um we've been caught by the police can you bail me out your answer is yes you get up immediately from whatever it is your sleep or usually it's your sleep (laughs) you go there you um save them bail them out and then leave you know let them not even learn from the consequences of their actions. You know, you've 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 done your you've done your part as an enabler. Empower. Listen, bro, I'm sorry. I can't help you right now. But I really wish you'd stop this behavior. Let's talk once you've figured this issue out. It is hard. It is hard because you know your loved one is in trouble, but guess what? It's the trouble that they've put themselves in that's the consequences of their actions people have to learn yeah in kiswahili there's a saying that goes um you might not be someone's mom but because you are their loved one and you sort of guide them and mentor them or they look up to you in some way you're kind of like a mother figure um so basically the saying means that uh the person that doesn't isn't taught by their mom will be taught by the world but if you don't allow the person to learn from the world, what happens when you're not there? I constantly ask myself sometimes um, because I found myself enabling certain people for a while. And I did one day ask myself, so what if I die? How will they survive? You know? So you've got to think um, about it sometimes to that extreme uh, because they, y- you can't have full-time dependence. I mean, even parents, their kids grow up and they go and depend on themselves. right? They become independent. So you can't have constant dependence, you know. Um, number four, sign number four, taking more than your share of responsibilities. So here's the thing. It could be a child. Okay, let's talk about children. Although I don't know about enabling children because I don't have old older children. My, my child is still a minor. It's going to take some time uh, for me to get there. But yeah for example um it's children maybe they're in college are capable of maybe getting a part-time job somewhere uh to you know to provide for a few needs you know the basic things that they need they don't pay rent they they don't um because you you've put a roof over their head but every time they come over to you and they go like mom i need abcd Dad, i need abcd and you're You know, you're like, yeah, no questions about it. Again, go back to the second point. Financial things without even asking, uh, answering, asking any questions, sorry. So um, I guess if you're doing more than you're meant to do, then you're enabling. Um, It's good to support family. It's good to support friends. But it's supporting in the right way, you know. Uh, So if you're giving more support than you need to, then I think you're enabling Um, let me just give another example for this behavior. Say you've got a teenage child who doesn't like to do chores, and you have rules in your house that you must do your chores to earn your uh, for example, your um, allowance. Okay, actually, I do chores with my five year old, and she does earn an allowance, but when she doesn't feel like doing the chores, what then happens? Do I still give her the allowance? Do I go and the chores for her i think someone must learn that if you don't get this done then you're not gonna you're not gonna reap the benefits from it for example if it's a chore if you don't do your bed your bed is always gonna be a maid if you don't wash do your laundry you're you're going to have dirty laundry um you're not gonna have clean clothes anytime soon so yeah just find a way to strike a balance honestly where you're not doing more than you have to to actually support uh, the person um again point number five kind of is connected to the one where you don't say much the first one uh but yeah you avoid the issue avoiding the issue because it's sometimes it's easier to just okay i don't want to deal with this mentally because honestly for you to empower someone it does take a lot of work i must say that um, but it's very loving and the, and the, and, and the gains from it are long lasting. But when you enable them by just instantly helping them to take away the problem at that moment in time to avoid, you know, issues, cause you know, they, they would resist. There's always some kind of resistance that people pull up and you, you just don't want that. You don't want that. You don't want to deal with it. You don't want them to cry. You just want to take care of the problem then. And you tell yourself like, okay, I, I just want to avoid this by doing this again it's not a positive way you need to try and solve the issue positively but you can't avoid it it can't be done by avoiding the issue you've got to tackle it you've got to face it okay um let's say just an example that the person in question is a drug addict or an alcoholic for example um and maybe you've decided that you're having dinner or you've gone out with them and that particular day they have overdone it they have overdrank. so instead of you because now it's an issue it's something you, you notice it and you are annoyed by it so what do you do two things again either you ignore it i don't want an issue or two tackle it positively you know you you need to talk about it and then next time try and avoid that particular scenario so maybe if you're having somebody over for dinner or if you do have dinner if you live with this person then don't have alcohol in the house it's very simple otherwise if you provide it for them then they're going to keep up that particular habit right um number six is also kind of related so i think all of these points are really related and and they all keep emphasizing um on each other so brushing things off um so sort of letting it go with with like a you know okay i'll let you go this time but don't but don't do it again sort of thing right so maybe for example if you're bailing someone out for misbehaving and getting into trouble with the law um you know you say hey i'll bail you out this time but like don't do it again i feel that that's kind of brushing things off if you do bail someone out maybe you have to i don't know laws laws in every country is different you know there are some places where if people get caught by the police it's it's really dangerous so um i would say that if you're inclined to bailing them out you have to hold them in account and they have to pay you back they have to they have to have to have to um you know in some way face the consequences of their action so if it's not having to face you know jail time then they've got to pay you they now owe you they have to get a job and they have to earn the money and they have to pay you right so it's not something that you can say okay but don't do it next time let's not do this again so you know uh you have to it, it it's not something that can be ignored you have to follow through this is what you've done these are your options you have to choose one of these options and you have to go through you have to go through with it um yeah again number 7 you're denying them the problem which again you think is loving but it's not because you're denying them the lesson so here you are you have a relative are so constantly asking you for money and they never they, they never hold down a job for example but every time they ask you for money you you give in and you and you, you know you give you give them the money but you're not that at that point you're, you're really denying them having a problem in their hands because if you didn't have a job really and if you didn't have the money you'd be struggling to find your food because again you don't have anyone really to call up who's gonna you know cough up money from left right and center to just keep helping you with your problem so um you need to not deny them that problem to be honest it's almost like denying a lesson it's like taking your child out of school because you don't want them to work you you want to provide everything they can for them so that they don't have to deal with what you've dealt with but school is important learning is important it teaches you a skill so again life is also very important the lessons we learn from the consequences of our actions are very important experience is the best teacher so you're denying them the problem by solving it for them immediately and then they can just never learn so again it i know it doesn't come from a selfish place but if you think about it it is kind of selfish right um yeah, number eight, I think. <laughs> um, so if you over sacrifice, if you find yourself you're over sacrificing, I think I found myself in this situation so many times, um, and I'm still trying to get out of that rut. But say you earn your keep right and you've got enough to put aside to take you take yourself on on a holiday somewhere but because you have a particular relative who really isn't on their own two feet for one reason or the other that is caused by them you tend to sacrifice what extra you have and deny yourself the good things that you could be getting which you deserve because you've worked hard for it um because of this particular relative so if you find yourself saying oh man i could have gone to mauritius this year but i had to use this money to do whatever whatever, i mean i've had conversations with friends who go like oh i've started this business for this person and then they close it down oh, i've started this up for this person and I, I i used up this money and you know like there's just always something if you find yourself struggling financially because of another person that's not necessarily um a mandatory dependent on you mandatory dependent means like you you have to feed your kids you don't have to feed a grown-ass person but you have to feed your kids right you have to feed your dogs (laughs) the things that you have to feed fine that's mandatory but this one that you don't have to but you find yourself doing and you find yourself denying you know the fine things in life sometimes you, you go to the supermarket you're like i love this particular brand of things but i can't buy it because it's too expensive i have to choose a cheaper one you're sacrificing too much you're actually sacrificing too much extendedly sacrifice once okay we're gonna start you this business, and this is how we're gonna go. But if it fails, don't come to me at the end of the month because I've done what I could. But if you keep sacrificing, over sacrificing every month, you have a hundred percent of what you earn, but then fifty percent goes to the other person. That's not fair because you, you you're entitled to the good things in life. If you're denying that, uh, you're denying yourself that. Then you're an enabler. You really are sorry i'm getting a bit loud now (laughs) oh my days all right so um number nine i think this is like a big culprit um not following through on the consequences so you remember i said actions have consequences they've got to learn so you will say sir madam i bailed you out you owe me money but then you don't follow up so you've said it but then you don't follow up you're not like where's my money I think setting a time limit maybe in this instance of course whatever it is that you're doing the consequence whatever it is I think it will vary but in the case where you bail someone out and they owe you money you give them a time period you say you know what I need my money back in three months otherwise I'm going to try and get it back of course you're not going to sound like a drug dealer who's owed money (laughs) but you know follow through like just make sure you get it um put your foot down that's the only way honestly that they'll learn because like we do we do get like i mean i'm guilty for this i do get to the point where i'm like you've got to pay me back and then months later they don't pay me back and i let it go because i didn't follow through um yeah so we need to We need to follow through with the consequence. It's got to be there. Otherwise, again, you're enabling. Number 10, you do not maintain boundaries. So you've reached a point where you've talked to this person and you've said, these are the limits. This is how far I'll reach. We're not going to go beyond this point. But then you find yourself crossing those boundaries yourself. Again, it's related to not following through the consequences, but it's kind of different because it doesn't necessarily have to be a consequence involved. But I think with everybody, we set boundaries and we've got to respect um, the limits of those boundaries. But when we disrespect that ourselves, when we cross those boundaries ourselves and we find ourselves constantly, you know, working beyond those boundaries, then we're not really helping. So, um For example, um, you live with a relative. Uh, Maybe you support a relative for some reason that's an alcoholic. Maybe they're going through rehab. They can't get a job right now. Um, But, you know, they've been bringing alcohol to your house. And you tell them, if you want to live here, you're not allowed to bring alcohol. The minute you bring alcohol, I will kick you out. And... Okay, then this one will be a consequence, but anyway, um okay, let me try and a bit change the example a bit. So you bring alcohol into the house yourself. You've kind of like, you know, or or you bring in alcohol one day. And you know, sometimes we tend to be like, no, this is just a one-time thing. It's just a one-time thing. There's never a one-time thing, especially like with people facing things like alcoholism. So you can't bring a bottle of wine home and be like, oh, we're celebrating and I'll, I'll, I'll allow you to take a sip. You know, that's, you know, we're not going to do that. We're not going to live beyond, um, the boundaries that we've set. Um, or maybe, uh, you have a child that's constantly misbehaving. And, you know, you've talked about the boundaries that lie between, uh, you know, a parent and a child. And I think teenagers do have, um, issues with crossing the line here so maybe you know uh your child's done something wrong and you're having a discussion and they walk away and even though you keep calling them they keep walking away um and if you let them do that without setting a consequence for that you're you're allowing them to sort of you know go beyond um go beyond the 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 limits the boundaries that you've set so you kind of want to make those boundaries very strict like impenetrable you cannot pass through there's no way going around this you're not gonna go around this at all put your foot down um and the last thing and the last sign i think this again is just within you because i feel it's not a healthy thing if you feel resentment against a certain person, then more likely than not, you have been enabler because you found yourself over-sacrificing and constantly blaming them in your heart or within yourself that, you know, I could have done this, but if it wasn't for them, and I found myself in this situation before. So yeah, those are the 11 signs of knowing whether you're an enabler or not. And so how can you stop How can you stop enabling um, your loved one? You have to bring attention to the issue. Remember the first time you ignore. No, you do not ignore. You bring attention to the issue. You know, it's real. It's there. Address it. Encourage the person to get help. So if they are an alcoholic, the help they need is to either attend AA, go for therapy, or whatever it is that they need to get over that. Right? So encourage them and even help them to get there. Um, set boundaries again. You want to set boundaries and make sure they're impenetrable. Also say no. You get that call in the middle of the night, yo, bail me out, we're in trouble you know what son not this time i'm sorry fuck i've got my own life you know oh i can't i can't i can't um i can't pay my electricity this month um i'm sorry i have my own problems too oh you you know what you don't even need to give excuses say no say no um i think you too (laughs) you need to find yourself support as well if there's a trusted friend that you can talk to about this issue and to sort of get them to support you with uh you know trying to step out of the enabling um the enabling game i don't know i don't have another word for it but yeah if you want to stop that you also need to get support yourself you know um emotional support and like you know someone rooting for you someone that you can report to i think that would be great for you to do as well um if someone's an alcoholic if someone's a drug addict or whatever um okay with drugs I don't think it will apply because if you use drugs in front of them then you're also a drug addict but if they're alcoholic then you would not want to use a substance um with them around so maybe it's a relative and you've had them over for dinner Just bear in mind and be, you know, kind enough not to serve alcohol to other people around this person because you know they're struggling with an issue. So don't use uh, that type of stuff in front of them. So yeah, those are the solutions I've had Um, and I think I've had a good time talking about this because I've been very, uh, I've, I've had a struggle myself being in the shoes of an enabler for a long time i'm kind of i'm you know i'm kind of trying to break free from from the habit and i'm trying to you know do something more positive i haven't gotten to the point where i want to get but you know it is my hope that i'll be more of an empowerment to my loved one than an enabler so yeah i hope you guys enjoyed this it's been great um this is your girl Miss Ruby and I'll hit you guys up or we'll come back with another podcast with more interesting talks. Cool Chowser. How Swara the Eland Saved the Day A Story by Miss Nashi Pai As the sun rose high on the dry Samburu plain its rays bounced on Swara's the eland's rough black mane. Swara was rather sad that day. She didn't have anyone to play. You see, Swara had been rather naughty, running through Nasieku's tent all trippity-trotty. Nasieku's mum was very cross, because as Swara ran through, she tipped over a pot of yummy tomato sauce. Swara isn't welcome here, Mama Naseku shouted, and she didn't care even if Naseku pouted. Naseku and Swara were the best of friends. They were always together weekdays and weekends. They went on one adventure and another, under rocks and through caves to see what they'd uncover. One time they followed a raid of army ants they found near some plants, who, like the Samburu, are nomads. This means that they don't build permanent nests. They constantly move from one location to the next. They discovered the ants search for their food as a team and that they only have one queen. Swara and Niasieku were always fascinated by all the things that have been created. There were always so many things to learn, hills to climb and rocks to unturn. But today was not one of those days. Though Niasieku pleaded with her mother to let Swara play with her, Mama Niasieku said, no, no one plays. Sad and alone, Swara wondered what to do. She browsed and grazed nearby and watched the birds as they flew. Suddenly, she heard a shout from Nasieku's home. Stop! Come back! Leave my honeycomb! Lotim, the naughty baboon, had stolen Mama Nasieku's honey and stuck it high on the acacia tree and thought it was funny. It's too high to reach, Mama Nasieku complained. But Swara secretly thought of how it could be obtained. Finally, she knew just what to do. One, two, three, and up she flew. Swara jumped high and grabbed it with her teeth. As Mama Nasieku stared and cheered in disbelief. Thank you, Swara for saving my honey. Swara got a hug from Nasieku's mummy. Can she play with me now? asked Nasieku cheerily. Of course she can, replied Mama Nasieku merrily. The sun was setting on the Samburu plain. It was time for everyone to go back home again. Just as mummy tucked Nasieku in bed, Nasieku looked up at the ceiling with a smile and said, I didn't know elands could jump so high. Mama Nasieku replied, You've learned something new, and so have I. The End How Swara the Eland Saved the Day A story by Miss Nashi Pai As the sun rose high on the dry Samburu plain, its rays bounced on Swara the Eland's rough black mane. Swara was rather sad that day, she didn't have anyone to play. You see, Swara had been rather naughty, running through Nasieku's tent all trippity trotty. Nasieku's mum was very cross, because as Swara ran through, she tipped over a pot of yummy tomato sauce. Swara isn't welcome here, Mama Nasieku shouted, and she didn't care even if Nasieku pouted. Nasieku and Swara were the best of friends. They were always together weekdays and weekends. They went on one adventure and another, under rocks and through caves, to see what they'd uncover. One time, they followed a raid of army ants they found near some plants, who, like the Samburu, are nomads. This means... That they don't build permanent nests, they constantly move from one location to the next. They discovered the ants search for their food as a team and that they only have one queen. Swara and Nasieku were always fascinated by all the things that have been created. There were always so many things to learn. Hills to climb and rocks to unturn. But today was not one of those days. Though Nasieku pleaded with her mother to let Swara play, her mama said, No, no one plays. Sad and alone, Swara wondered what to do. She browsed and grazed nearby and watched the birds as they flew. Suddenly, she heard a shout from Nasieku's home. Stop! Come back, leave my honeycomb. Lotim, the naughty baboon, had stolen Mama Nasieku's honey and stuck it high on the acacia tree and thought it was funny. It's too high to reach, Mama Nasieku complained. But Swara secretly thought of how it could be obtained. Finally, she knew just what to do. One, two, three, and up she flew. Swara jumped high and grabbed it with her teeth. As Mama Nasieku stared and cheered in disbelief. Thank you, Swara, for saving my honey. Swara got a hug from Nasieku's mummy. Can she play with me now? asked Nasieku cheerily. Of course she can, replied Mama Nasieku merrily. The sun was setting on the Samburu Plain. It was time for everyone to go back home again. Just as Mummy tucked Nasieku in bed, Nasieku looked up at the ceiling with a smile and said, I didn't know Elans could jump so high. Mama Nasieku replied, You've learned something new and so have I. The End